Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, uh, we've talked about this before, haven't uh, we? Jimmy's uh, thinking songs. I don't think we have, or I don't remember, um, at least. So... Uh, for example, just there, I just said, da, 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 right, da, 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 which is Peter Pan. Yes, um, that I know. So I have, I don't know, I just, and I feel like everyone must do this, like little songs that come out whilst you're doing something. Uh, mm. <laughs> you no, because be... I've got, I've got a few. Like, yeah. I'll have like the entertainer. Da, 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 da. Are they? I'll have that. Or are, are the um, songs themed to different tasks? No, it's it, well that maybe like in some if if someone did some study uh-huh. potentially uh, um, of you, but no, it, you know the other ones like Ride of the Valkyrie that'll come out, <laughs> um, Indiana Jones theme, interesting. They're, they're, yeah, quite quite an array of songs too. <laughs> they are, um, but they just will pop up. So I wait. I thought that was something everyone had. There you I go. mean, maybe I I don't. <laughs> Okay, I bet you do. Do, 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 you know, do you, what do you do? Like, so you're doing something, uh-huh. and you you want to fill that, you know, intensely awkward space, right? Of silence whilst you're actually just physically doing something that isn't awkward at all. Uh, but do you not have like a? No, no, I don't. I'll listen to music, like real music, not music that. But like, it's, I've it's made. not that. It's it's just like a little like oh, I'm doing a two second task, and in those two seconds, it's like hold music. In in real life, <laughs> no. I mean, maybe maybe I'm the odd one out. Um, I'm sure everyone will let us know. But I want people to let us know what is your what is your hold music? What is your hold music? It's yeah. a, it's like what is your damage? What is your hold music? What's your da- <laughs> yes, that's what Heather's missing. Maybe that's some Mean Girls. <laughs> well, somebody get us another drink. Welcome to Jim and Tomic's Musical Theater Happy Hour, your weekly podcast with sodas and serenades. I couldn't remember. I think we've had both of them for different things. 
stuff it. Uh, yay. We're gonna, so, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, wait, no, that sounded interesting. What are we going to do? We're going to have to repeat them all eventually because, you know, we're going to turn into old men doing oh, there's this podcast. Only so, well, exactly. And there's only so many right. fruits. Yeah, like fruits. I, fruits. There's only so many fruits. That's my. Maybe that's what we can move on to. That sounds like a like a lust based dating app for gay men. <laughs> Too many fruits. Oh, God, <laughs> no, I've been there. Um. So hey, speaking of fruits, what yes. are you drinking? Um, that looks tasty actually today. What is that? It's very yummy. Um. It's called a uh a backwards cocktail. It tastes different whether you drink it from the top or from the bottom. It's one of those layered dealies. Um. It's really clever. <laughs> I love it. Did you like that? That, that was, was great. That was, that was really, yes really good. That was to its extreme. That was fantastic. Um, well, I got mine. I don't, I don't know what it is. It tastes kind of like, uh, kind of bitter. Yeah. It's, uh, I got it from a Borders in Kentucky, but. <laughs> Are you sure you didn't get it from a Target in Kentucky? Or did that depend on which year you're drinking it? <laughs> it would indeed. Maybe that's <laughs> it. Maybe it's just really out of date. Oh. <laughs> Topical. Um. So, Yeah. Uh, so, oh goodness, what does that mean? What could we possibly well, be talking about? You have a quiz question for us, don't you, I Jimmy? I do, I do indeed. Okay, so this musical is perhaps one of the only musicals with key lyrical changes driven by a post-divorce legal agreement. Dun, dun, dun. What could, what it, could be? it possibly be? It's cats! It's not cats. It is cats. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, maybe, maybe. <laughs> You know, no, what is it? What is it? It is the last five years. Don't kiss me goodbye again. Leave this night clean and quiet. You want the last word. You want me to laugh, but leave it for now All you can say, all you can feel Was wrapped up inside that one perfect kiss Leave it at that, I'll watch you turn a corner Two thousand and one. Two thousand and one. It was a simpler time. All those, all those tweens. We. This was our. This was our. We were tweens. We were tweens. Yeah. yeah. This was kind of our be more chill before Tumblr let us get really excited about it. Don't you think? Exactly. Absolutely. This was a hundred percent. This was like. Yeah. This was. Oh, uh, uh, it speaks to me. It was popular with musical theater nerds before, yeah. like, we were musical theater nerds in public. <laughs> Exactly. I would totally give you that. Right? I would totally give you that. Yeah. Like, if you, like if you if you if you knew what the last five years was, <laughs> you could nerd out with the theater nerds across town by having Absolutely. a mutual love. Yep. Yep. You just mentioned, like, do you know, have you heard about this uh, snake called Wayne? And <laughs> see what the reaction is. And then suddenly you'd be like, ah, hey. Hey. 
Um, so last five years, mm-hmm. music book and lyrics by Mr. Jason Robert Brown. Mm-hmm. Premiered out of town uh, in Chicago in 2001, out, technically just outside of Chicago in a town called Skokie. Um, yes, yeah, Skokie, great name though. Which may, that's my hood, um, which I think might, and maybe we'll talk about this later, I don't know, but may have contributed to why I think this was especially popular in my little neck of the woods because. So I when had, you say your hood, how, how hood like for you is that you're not from skokie i'm not from skokie but i had high school friends who saw the premiere of the last five years cool uh, just as like a night on the town not because it was something great not because it was something that s- seemed like it was going to be fantastic but just because yeah. it was the show in town um, excellent cool yeah so um and then it made it off broadway uh in 2002 eventually didn't, um didn't play for too long just a couple months i think yeah, well, I think it was in kind of the post nine eleven fallout mm-hmm. where things weren't really lasting. Yeah, it wasn't because nobody was going downtown. So exactly. it, you know, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a thing. Yeah. Um. So I think it kind of suffered from that. Uh. And also, it was off Broadway, right? You know. Yeah. Uh. And then it kind of exploded out. Had mm-hmm. a slew of international productions: Japan, Korea, Poland. I don't know why I pick those three in particular. <laughs> Everywhere. Yeah, and also it's not Korea. I don't know why I said Korea. Or mm-hmm. Japan. I'm going to say that again. <laughs> I don't know why. Just, that's so strange. Uh, Poland, Ireland, Melbourne, Barcelona. Mm. Barcelona has had a revival. Mm, Barcelona's done right? it twice. Yeah. That's Ger- weird. Barcelona? Like, yeah. Where are you going? Last five years revival in Barcelona. Oh. Absolutely. Um, and of course it had its West End opening, like actual on West End, Mm -hmm. uh, in 2016 at the St. James I'm surprised it took that long. But no, but to get on West End? Still, this show is... But it's never been on Broadway. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. You know? Yeah. I find that quite interesting that it even went there, because it's a two-hander. Yeah, because it's so tiny. It's, It's teensy. Yeah. Um, but hey, and then of course... In 2014, we had the movie with Jeremy Jordan and Anna Kendrick. Which I just watched for the first time. Is that you just watching it now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah. It was well, fascinating. I'm to hear your thoughts. Yeah. yeah, I'm very intrigued to hear your thoughts. You're getting the live reactions. <laughs> it's basically a YouTube react. YouTube. Fight the Brothers. Musical theater nerds react to musicals. <laughs> By the way, why isn't that a thing? Fine Brothers. Are you listening? Call us up. Uh, we look good on camera, too. <laughs> we really do. We got experience. Um, but I feel like that should be one of the things that they jump on. Yeah. Think about how big music theater is on YouTube. I mean, yes. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's an oh. undercapitalized market. That's for sure. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And they love money. Capitalizing so. on undercapitalized markets. <laughs> That's what we like. Um so, yeah, so Tommy. Yes. What is the last five years? I don't think anyone will have heard of it. <laughs> no one. No one. Boy meets girl. Girls going backwards in time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like the Doctor Who music. Right, exactly. It? That's pretty much what it yeah. is. No, uh, last five years is, I mean, pretty, pretty standard love story fair at its core, I think. It's just a really quaint love story. But the catch is in the structure. Um, and the guy's story is traveling forward in time, while the girl's story is traveling backwards in time, either yep. from first meeting through to marriage through to divorce, or the other way around. Divorce, yes. backwards to marriage, backwards to first meeting. Yes. Um, without any sort of explicit explanation as well, you don't see, you, you work that out for yourself. Yeah. 
Exactly. Um, and it's, there's I, no lame style. It's 18 whatever. Right. You're in whatever. Yeah. No, you gotta. You have to figure it out. And you, it's it's structured so that you can slowly figure it out as it goes. The, totally. The, and it is what makes this story interesting and successful. Without this structure, the story is boring. Um, yeah. Because love stories, generally speaking, are kind of boring without something interesting added on top of them. Um, yeah. I think, but the, it's very specifically structured that the time the two stories cross is on their on their wedding day. Um, yes, and in the original staging, they had two wonderful turntables, and they would slowly cross each other in different directions. Uh, so perfect and simple. There you go, nice and easy. That yeah. thing is is actually at heart very simple. I think should we just delve straight in? Let's We're do it. Flying. Yes. Oh my goodness! Keep up with us. Um, let's talk about structure. Let's do it. I'm breaking my mother's heart The JCC of Spring Valley is shaking and crumbling to the ground And my grandfather's rolling, rolling in his grave If you had a tattoo, that wouldn't matter If you had a shaved head, that'd be cool If you came from Spain or Japan or the back of the van Just as long as you're not from Hebrew school I say now I'm getting somewhere I'm finally breaking through I say hey, hey, Shiksa goddess I've been waiting for someone like you So yeah, I think that's one of the really kind of key and beautiful things about the show is it is so simple right it's not it's not doing anything that's complicated no they're not have you know they're not trying to do any sort of Chekhov's gun style things really that much either no it's just two it's one story told in two different directions yeah. two to, different perspectives to the point of being kind of stereotypical <laughs> at least in content I don't think it's a, a caricature Ooh. it's not terribly exaggerated but like you know, they fall in and out of love. It really approaches, I think, a lot of the simple love story stereotypes. The minute yeah. you get married, every other woman in the world finds you attractive. The guy yep. cheats on the girl. No one needs to know. Like, yep. oh, like this is simple bread and butter stuff, but told in a Toast. beautiful way, which is a thing that Jason Robert Brown does very well. He does indeed. In fact, shall we jump on that just now? Let's just jump on that just now. Sure. So like you're saying about the kind of simple bread and butter, I think um, if we're looking at the musical theatre oeuvre uh-huh. um, and our kind of timeline, as we've kind of already said um, with Songs for a New World, when this kind of started to happen, mm-hmm. I feel like this is Jason Robert Brown kind of cashing in on his the, the thing that he started. Yes. Um, of... Uh, Kind of, it is almost a kind of song cycle vibe here, yeah. where they're using these simple, situ- relatable situations, right, uh, to extend into metaphor. Right. Which actually, we've been given a literary term by one of our listeners as to what this is called. Um, so let's get literal. Apparently, uh, it's called metaphysical wit. Metaphysical wit. Metaphysical wit, and it is that sense of like you, you know, you stand on a piece of gum. Um, and it is a metaphor for how, right. as you go through life, things bounce off you and some things stick. And, you know what I mean? Like something's right. Like it's that kind of yeah. idea. Expanding um, the pedestrian into something bigger, maybe? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and, you know, very much this, this contemporary musical theatre song, mm-hmm. uh, in inverted commas, right. um, 
really that is that is almost the the defining factor yeah um of a lot of it and it's you you do get it quite a lot here right and i and it is intentional i forget which uh jason harvard brown interview i was reading but he talks about one of the he wanted he went into this wanting to write a simple elegant love story with good music but the yep. problem he found was it was very easy for the audience to get ahead of the characters um yep. which then negates and simplifies the story which i totally agree with and yep. the way to create that mystery without it feeling artificial is this exact structure is to yeah. turn it on its head so you know the ending it's impossible to get ahead of the characters because mm-hmm. they already gave it to you and then mm-hmm. you must focus on the story in the middle how we got there yeah for sure um absolutely so i guess one of the key things mm-hmm. that we want to talk about here is how many characters are in the show tommy there are two they're rarely are on stage together characters. at all yeah um is this the only musical that has that? Maybe. It's certainly a structure borrowed from plays, for sure. There is something yeah. very, like, corely theatrical about this. I mean, you know, you wrote it right here. There, we have a whole term for it, the two-hander. Um, yeah. There are hundreds of thousands of two-person plays that are Absolutely. written with this similar structure. There are very few, if any other two-person musicals musicals just I, feel bigger um, i just i'm looking at my wall and i can't yeah i, I can think see anything i can think of a handful of like one person shows um but not yeah two person shows and that's the thing is like there's even you know even if you've got two extremely core characters right something like once for example you've still mm-hmm. got a chorus yeah behind it backing well, it up and i think that's that's where you've, you've always got that chorus there it's a it's a structure logistical thing that is um eminently comparable to the contemporary cinematic trend of the mm-hmm. av plot which it might even be inspired by traditional musical theater um mm-hmm. the you know you think the golden age pieces of musical theater you would have the a plot and the b plot and the a plot happens on the full stage and then they yep. close the curtain and the B-plot happens in front of the stage. Drowsy Chaperone yep. parodies this to fantastic extent. But even something like Hello, Dolly, if you follow that structure along with the scenic design in mind, um, it goes A, B, A, B, A, B, A, B all the way through. And yeah. in movies, that's, the, that's termed uh, Meanwhile Back at the Ranch. Um, and it lets you uh-huh. yeah, tell yeah, your yeah. story the right way. So you can tell enough of your story and then meanwhile back at the ranch and jump to the other plot while something that we don't have to be too specific about happens off stage mm-hmm. in the other plot. And then mm-hmm. when what's happening on stage gets too boring or reach a, reaches a climax or a moment of mystery, you jump yeah. back to the first plot. Um, yeah. And the structure of the show allows this two-hander to do an A-B plot. We can yeah, exactly. jump back and forth between them. Where if it was told forward, it would have to be two characters on stage the whole time, which is a little tiring, I imagine. It would be relentless. Yeah. It would be, yeah, hellish. Yeah, exactly. Everyone In would get ways. tired. The singers, uh-huh. the audience. Well, that's it. But there you go. That kind of hits on its own point. Because um, obviously having only one person on stage at pretty much the whole time, mm-hmm. um, the whole show feels very isolated and yes. very bare yes. um and it does get very repetitive mm-hmm. um now one could argue jason robert brown is like i know right. that's the point yeah um because you know the whole the whole point is is that you have these two people who have come into this relationship and have never really been 
cohesive together. They've never really had that moment of yeah extreme togetherness. Yeah, he I believe except maybe at their wedding. He uses the phrase "they're never really in the same place at the same time," both yeah. literally and metaphorically. Exactly. Um, so I think that could be an artistic thing, and that's maybe why he didn't do more duetty stuff. Yeah. Uh, because especially someone like Jason Robert Brown, who's very musical, very good at harmony, mm-hmm. um, and likes writing interesting harmony. Yeah. I imagine the temptation would be there to write, you know, just a little bit more. Yeah. You could be like, ah, oh, but it'd be so good just to get this cool crunch. Right. Um, but we just we just don't see it. Nope. So. Um, I, I like to think that mm-hmm. it is actually intentional and you're supposed to just get this sense of this guy doesn't have any sense of what's going on with her. She doesn't have any sense of what's going on with him. Mm-hmm. And it allows you to believe that the relationship is never going to work. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I well, I think that is one of the questions of the show. Mm-hmm. And, like, maybe I, I jumped the gun too much, but, like... Don't you kind of want it to work out and it's sad when it doesn't, even though you know that it won't, you know? Nah. Really? Nah, not not in any way. And this is actually, this is the, the big discussion that I have yeah. uh, with everyone about the last five years. I think this is going to be our coup de grace, though. So let's not talk about it now. Okay. We'll, let's we'll, just we'll, we'll dance around it for another 45 yeah. minutes. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. But I think that is that is a discussion that needs to be yes. had. Well, then well. let's let's talk about this. Um, this <clears throat> this musical has had quite the journey, don't you think? For sure. And there, as our quiz question referenced, um, is steeped in a lot of Broadway gossip um, and rumors and like exterior show changing forces so shall we shall we talk about that a little bit yeah let's do it been to the gym I'm waiting five hours in line and watching the girls just coming and going in dresses that look just like this till my number is finally called when I so, walk in the um, room there's a table do you think this is an autobiographical musical I know I mean it, it, it does just kind of boil down to that like art thing like oh there will always be a piece of me in this right but i mean you know he had a difficult divorce yeah and what apparently was a tumultuous relationship mm-hmm. so the story he is a yeah. you know new yorker who's shot up very quickly right um i don't know much about his ex-wife or uh, her life that's intentional um yeah and so who who knows how much is there, but certainly for him, right. like, you know. <laughs> so the story goes that Jason Robert Brown began writing this musical when he was married to um, New York actress Teresa O'Neill, and they yeah. went through a very contentious divorce um, with some, you know, divorce agreements that Jason Robert Brown, very specifically about this musical, um, 
would be allowed to continue to write it as long yeah. as it was not directly connected to their life. And specifically yeah. that O'Neill was not, you know, alluded to or referenced in the musical. And it's hard to tease yeah. out these particular details because they live in lawsuits that ended in settlements. And exactly. the lawsuits are centered around keeping these details private. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a lot of this is hearsay and gossipy sort of stuff, which I don't like treading in a lot. But I think yeah, for sure. informs the story a whole bunch. Um, yeah. But between, so from uh, performing in Skokie, Illinois, the show was supposed to transfer to um, the Kennedy Center, I believe. The Lincoln Center? The Lincoln Center, I believe. Um, But, and was actually initially commissioned by the Lincoln Center and then like given an out-of-town tryout in Skokie. Well... Something, 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 lawyers got involved, and the Lincoln Center, and as original producers, dropped the show, and yeah. it shopped around for new producers, and then eventually, and then ended up premiering off-Broadway maybe a year or two years later. Um, yeah. Very much because Teresa O'Neill alleged, or Teresa O'Neill's lawyers alleged, that the show was too close to their life, and Jason Robert Brown rewrote some songs and changed the character of Kathy a whole bunch to kind of fit that in. Yep. And that affects how I feel about this show in some big ways. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, obviously the big one is the one that we've already talked about in the quiz question. Mm-hmm. Um, right. In that I could be in love with someone like you was about an Irish, a Jewish man falling in love with an Irish woman. Right. And it was rewritten to be Shiksa Goddess. Um, yes. And... Sources vary that, like, maybe there was initial protest to that song, and then he rewrote it, but then um, O'Neill, you know, kind of backed down a little bit, but then it was too late, and Shiksa Goddess was in the show instead. Who knows? It's hard. Yeah. It's really hard to tease some of this stuff up. And, you know, for structure's sake is the the reason why I care. Um, yeah, precisely. But so... Um, and I would I would uh-huh. love to know what, what else was, was different, because right. to me... Mm-hmm. I mean, she's an actress yeah. uh, living in New York. Yep. Um, she isn't, you know, she has jobs. She isn't, like, Tony Award winning. Right. Um, you know, Her he is a writer. Skyrocketing uh, in fame. Skyrocketing in fame in New York. Yeah. Um, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. It is interesting. There's one, there's one interview where... Um, they dance around whether he's going to call this show autobiographical or personal and that he definitely lands on personal as opposed to autobiographical. And he has, because this has become more public knowledge, um, people have pressed Jason Robert Brown more specifically um, about this sort of thing. And he comes out saying, like, I've got a quote here um, about asking whether he was trying to demonstrate that someone was right and someone was wrong. And Jason says, honestly, I wasn't trying to settle any scores. I was just working through the very painful wreckage of a relationship that meant a lot to me. Um, And so uh, it's definitely walking that tightrope there. Yeah. But the thing is, uh at the end of the day, if it's autobiographical, I don't mind. Like, because, because it's one of those things, I think... He's done a good job of keeping it as balanced as possible when we get into the big discussion. Yeah. We'll talk a bit more about this. But I think, uh, like you say, you write art from a certain place. Yeah. Um, and you can tie... We've talked about this with Sondi before. You know, you can tie allusions to your life. Right. 
a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, this one, you know, might be a little bit close to the bone. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I feel it doesn't make it any worse art. In fact, yeah. almost it makes it more honest. I um, I th- I think I think I, I, I get the feeling you're disagreeing. <laughs> I agree with you on most points. I think the thing I disagree with you about is that it's balanced. I right okay yeah. I feel like this show gives a little more credit to Jamie than he deserves, and I only land on this conclusion through the autobiographical lens. Um, okay, which I think is why I struggle with it a little bit. Um, Kathy's role reads very much to me as a female character written by a man. Um, in a bunch I would of moments, hundred percent agree with that. Yes, which yes. simplifies it a lot. You know, it, you see more of it. I was um, astonished by how much more of a character you see just in the movie, um, and like how much more backstory she gets. But like mm. just listening to the album, just seeing the show on stage, Kathy's an actress and a lover, and that's about it. Um, and is whiny and complainy, um, and that. Because it is a maybe autobiographical story where Jason Robert Brown is writing himself and someone else, the mm-hmm. fact that the someone else feels a little less complex, a little less fleshed out, a little mm-hmm. more one-dimensional, mm-hmm. feels kind of sexist. Um, mm-hmm. And I see this in, interestingly, like because there are so many, you know, Amdram and semi-professional productions of this everywhere. Oh my I see this I've in reviews, right? Every review, I or a whole bunch of reviews that I've read about these things, especially more contemporary ones, mm-hmm. hint at or allude to, like, veiled sexism and some of the sexist yeah. nature of the plot. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, if we're analyzing this relationship linearly, like, let's say we're trying to lay blame into a relationship and or a breakup, and I know that's not how it works, and, mm-hmm. like, things are much more complex than that, and this is overly mm-hmm. simplifying thing. Jamie's the one who messed up. Jamie's mm-hmm. the one who let his ego go to his head so that he couldn't hang out with Kathy. Jamie's the one who cheated on Kathy. Jamie's the one who, like, didn't wasn't quite there for Kathy as she was struggling in this difficult time in her life. But... It still reads in a bunch of ways as kind of balanced. You know, I wish Kathy were more flawed. I wish Kathy had also, you know, like, I don't see the parts where Kathy isn't trying to connect in this story. Uh Uh-huh. And that, to me, because of the authorship, because of the autobiographical nature of it, smacks of sexism. Yeah. So... Uh-huh. I just find it really interesting because we seem to be sitting on total opposing camps, which is great. Fascinating. This is what makes for good podcasting. Uh-huh. Um, I would agree. I think it is sexist. It is written through the eyes of Jason Robert Brown, who is, I would, I would say, a quite a no holes barred kind of guy. Yeah. Um, not the most. You, not the most here. Not the most sensitive. Yeah. Um, what you hear, it's some of his work. Um, you know, people he's worked with, mm-hmm. and, you know, things like that. You get the feeling he's very headstrong. Nothing wrong with that. Cool. Um, but I think in this work, I would I would agree that um, the the joy moments of Kathy mm-hmm. aren't hugely joyous. They always feel a little bit hmm. right. Um, what I would say though uh-huh. is if you flipped the 
storylines. Okay. It might feel slightly different because mm-hmm. the first thing you do is you see Kathy in bits, you see broken woman. Right. And it's hard to build that back up because all you have is you're like, oh, but it's all going to end crappily for you, isn't it? Yeah. Whereas the first time you see Jamie yeah. is this like, yes, I'm the best. Right. Woohoo! Yeah. Um, and he does go downhill, but the your first impression, uh-huh. I guess what comes to the first impression you have is, wow, he's charismatic. Right. right. You know? So um, I think where they flip, I mean, I don't know. I've never seen it. No, you know, no one's ever done that. That would be very illegal. Right. Um, and I haven't, listen to it in that way yeah but i do wonder if that would maybe affect it well so Um, let let me i want to explode those two songs explicitly then if we go from still hurting to let's say shiksa goddess um although both shiksa goddess and i could be in love with someone like you kind of serve the same purpose anyway yes um So we start with Still Hurting, which is a song Kathy sings almost entirely about Jamie. About half of the lines in that song begin with the word Jamie. She says, you know, yeah. Jamie's over, Jamie is gone, Jamie is decide like is about like I feel so bad for this thing that you have done to me. Um, uh-huh. and this thing we had that has gone away, go run, like all this sort of stuff, right? That's our yeah. introduction to Kathy, if we're just looking yeah. at the story line- linearly. Then we meet Jamie, and his initial meet cute song with Kathy is basically a love song that might as well be subtitled You'll Do. (laughs) I love that. It's it's like, you're not all these other people. I guess Mm -hmm. you're fine. Like... Mm -hmm. That that's you know I've been waiting through Demica Schwartz and Erica Weiss and the Handelman twins I've been waiting through Heather Greenblatt and Annie Linkus and Karen Pincus and Lisa Katz like thank God you're not these women um, and as my boyfriend said as we watched the movie this morning uh, yeah. something like wow that's really awkward pillow talk like you're breaking my mother's heart thank God you're not all these women let's do it um, that's a that's yeah. a shysty thing to do. That's a shysty thing to do. And even if it's not in the context of the movie, where it's just him singing to himself about like how excited he is to have met this girl who is uh, not all the other girls who's different this time. He doesn't say he doesn't say Kathy at all in that song. No. Um no he doesn't. He doesn't. Um so two things. Mm-hmm. Two things. Number one, um, if you look at like, but the minute I first met you, I could barely catch my breath. I've been standing for years with the phone in my hand like an idiot scared to death. You've got this kind of like puppy dog. Oh my God, I'm really, really, really like you. Yeah. Um, like your argument about, uh, you know, all the, you, the, all the other girls don't matter now I've met you. That's the same for any relationship. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But then all he, the other guys for us didn't matter until we met the one well, I haven't met. But then he But then he goes so, through an increasingly list an increasingly offensive list of qualities that wouldn't matter with a negative connotation to them. Uh-huh. It they it really turns me off. Like um some of them, you know, if you had a tattoo, if you had a pierced tongue, it doesn't matter, right? Like these bad things. If you had these bad things, it doesn't matter. If you came from Spain or Japan or the back of the van and there's an implicit characterization and comparison between those three things, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you were from Spain or Japan or, you know, popped out of the back of a van. Those things are all the same to me, right? Um, mm-hmm. If you once were in jail, or if you once were a man, let's not even talk about the transphobia there. Um, right, yeah. Like, and on and on and on. What's the good quality of Kathy that makes you excited to be with her? 
Yeah. Ah, no, like, totally. But this is point number two. Okay. This makes Jamie look like an ass. Right. So, my point is, if this is autobiographical, if Uh this is personal, he's writing himself as a selfish ass. And I think the majority of reviews um, say Jamie is a selfish ass. Mm -hmm. Um, Particularly with the film. Yes. Maybe just because there are more reviews in this film. And maybe because you'd see more explicit stuff there. Yeah. Um, And certain things have changed, which I completely disagree with, but we'll talk about it in a minute. Um, Right. So there there is that sense of, you know, James. And I think from the get-go, what you have are these two hugely flawed characters being presented to you from stage one. You have Kathy, who is whiny... And, um, uh, like, grow a backbone, Kathy. Uh, and you have Jamie, who is selfish ass. And so what you want to see is, well, how the hell did this work? And then you right. realize, oh, it, it never worked. Right. And I think... And I, that's the story. I suspect this is why my tinges of sexism are related to it being an autobiographical piece. Because uh-huh. Jason Robert Brown wrote it this way. Um, and I, I can't, I can't quite draw the connection there, which is frustrating. Um, but something about, you know, Jamie's an ass, but doesn't quite get his comeuppance at the end. He still breaks up with her. Um, you know, he doesn't fall into a cake like Corella DeVille in 102 Dalmatians. Um, and that while he's not exonerated, certainly he also isn't doesn't get his comeuppance doesn't you know like he's still the controller in the relationship he's still the manipulator in the relationship and jason robert brown wrote himself that way that's really interesting that you just said the manipulate thing because i think again i think it's a balance i think they both have their moments yeah when do you hundred percent when do you think kathy is a manipulator if i didn't believe in you How? Jason. Because because in that moment, yeah. he is basically saying, This is I am so excited for this part of my career. Um I understand that you are hurting and that you're in a really bad place in <clears throat> yours, and that's mm-hmm. fine, it will get there. Yeah. But for the moment, can you not just be happy for me right now? Yeah. Um and she relentlessly you know keeps hitting him back in the face now that is a couple's argument right right there. but i think um, so the if we if we relinearize the story the counterpoint mm-hmm. to if i didn't believe in you is mm-hmm. um what's the name of that song see i'm smiling right uh-huh maybe not explicitly the same specific time but that's they're at the same point in the relationship right they um, could i would say it's more the one before see i'm smiling which is the one that i never remember uh a part of that hmm okay interesting because see i'm smiling is the mirror of uh uh nobody needs to know interesting okay i would say the connection i was drawing between see i'm smiling and um if i didn't believe in you is that they are both very explicitly discussing the the moment in their relationship when he starts going to all the parties and she doesn't, right? Yeah, okay, And they're yeah. differing opinions to those sorts of things. 
yeah. he he is of the of the idea that like I need to go to these. It's a job thing. And she's uh-huh. the idea that, like, it's my fucking birthday and you don't need to hang out with these jerks again because yeah. I know, because they always know, which is a thing she says, that you're going to be hanging out with these girls in your life who aren't me. And yeah. that's a problem. And clearly it is because then he does. Yeah. But I think he already has at that point. So uh-huh. that's why I always put CM smiling with. Like, post, I, um, post-cheating. Yeah, because that's where I think he's going back to. Interesting. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. And I think it's because I would say like the, um, oh, uh, if I didn't believe in you party, mm-hmm. uh-huh. um, because this is the this is the publishing of his book party. This is the first thing. This is the the this is his big moment basically. Right. Yeah. Um, th- you know what I mean? If she got a broad a Broadway show, yeah. Um, she he would be wanting you know. They, she would be wanting she would be wanting him to go to that party yeah right um so that is this is his big moment and she just can't see that and whether it is just because she's disappointed that she's only just got summer stock again mm-hmm. or uh whether there's this creative jealousy side of things yeah. i think she is being manipulative in that song i'm not saying he never is but right. i'm saying in that moment she is and that's what i mean about the balance yeah. i think there are these moments they kind of just complement yeah. each other all I the do, way through. I mean, I do think our disagreement speaks to the success of this show. The fa- And, yeah. like, I think the differences in how you would perceive these things do come down to specific directing choices and specific momentary yep. choices. I think you could swing the show in both directions. Yeah, um, and I've seen, I've seen it done. Yeah. Um, and I think what it all boils down to is your... I think it depends on your life. Yeah. It depends yeah. what you've experienced. Right. Um as to who you either relate to or who you can see yourself in in different moments. Yeah. Um, and you kind of, you're almost like mentally tallying it up. Yeah, that's uh, that's very true. I mean, the this one, one of the wonderful things of the simplicity of this show is you are meant to read yourself into both halves of this relationship. Absolutely. And like picture the arguments you've had or the problems you've had or the successes and joys in a relationship you've had in these yep. individual moments. Yep. Um. And it's like, because I've had like shouting matches about this show, uh-huh. you know, with people because, because of my opinions and, um, uh, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the musical theatre fans that I know are female, for example. Mm. Um, and I found certainly tend to side with Kathy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying all females side with Kathy, whatever. Um, but the certain ones I have, and so obviously me. And I'm not saying I side with Jamie, right? But I really see Jamie's point. Um, and uh, yeah, we we just end up really butting yeah. heads. All kind of comes down to if I didn't believe in you. Yeah, yeah. For sure, like for sure, because I've been, I, you know, that thing is I've been there. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I think this will be a disagreement of ours. I think if I didn't believe in you, she would have been just fine. Or ex- at least exactly where she is. What do you mean, sorry? So his his thesis in that song, if you will, is if yeah. I didn't believe in you, we'd never have gotten this far, right? If I didn't uh-huh. believe in you, then the implication is like, if I didn't believe in you, you wouldn't have the modicum of success that you have right now, or you wouldn't be pushing and oh. trying is no, that not? see, I don't believe it. That's that at all. Okay. No, I think it's this. If he's what he's saying is, um, if he didn't, 
believe in her and her success and that she was a good actress what mm. she's having these doubts about yeah um what it would mean is that there would be no substance to their relationship it uh-huh. wouldn't be if i didn't believe in you you would be shit he is not saying i'm the one that's helped you through all of this uh-huh. i think what he's saying is this respect and belief this like two-way street right that we have here yeah um is what keeps us going now what this is is the thing that you will always have in creative couples mm-hmm. because creative jealousy is one of the the biggest bitches of all yeah there's there's nothing quite like that feeling yeah. because you don't have a leg to stand on right and a lot of the time particularly with acting you can't explain why you didn't get that part right and there's nothing really more that you can do it's just that you're not an inch taller you yeah. know and these things really really build up inside you yeah um it and... just it feels like to me it feels like such a selfish statement if i and didn't believe so in you we'd never have gotten this far mm-hmm. exactly as in we the relationship right like the because what he's saying what he's saying is I I believe in you. Can you not just believe in me, even just this one moment? Because what she's doing is like, we can't go to this party because I'm really upset right now. Yeah. And this is a big, big deal for him. This is a big party. This is a very important event. It's like saying, you know, we can't go to your debut night because I'm not feeling it. Right. And it's, that's why he says, I'm going yeah that's that she would be going if it was her show if it was her broadway show Uh she would obviously be going and that's that but what's it really about you know right and that's what that's what it goes into and it's this this sense of creative jealousy um because the thing is i've been i've been on both sides in this song Mm -hmm. i've been the manipulative person who's like I can't get over my own neuroses here. Uh-huh. And I I don't want you to be happy at this point because right. I'm not. Right. Um, and I've been on the other side where it's like, it's finally going right. You know the struggles that I've gone through mm-hmm. and it's going right. Please just be on my side here. Yeah. Because you're the, you're, you're actually the only one that, whose opinion I care about. Right. And the fact that I don't have that upsets me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you've convinced just... me to like Jamie Moore, but it's definitely a, a more complex yeah. song, I think, than I gave it credit for. So would you say, mm-hmm. would you say, to kind of close this off, mm-hmm. well, no, because that's, we've still got to have this discussion. <laughs> <laughs> I've already like made half of my points. Um, I'm excited to, to hear more about it later. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, but ask, ask me anyway. Would you say to close off this discussion? Then we'll move on to the next thing. Well, I was going to say, would you say that you side with one more than the other? Can you not see it as a balance at all? I still, I still think Kathy got the short end of the stick. I really do. Because Jamie still cheats on her, and that's a problem, clearly, in their relationship. Um, and is a problem that was established earlier. The minute you get married, every other woman in the world finds you attractive. Yes. And like, he, he's predisposed for this. Um, yes. With some really stereotypical sexist under, undertones. I shouldn't care what she thinks because I can't fuck her anyway. Like, yes. Th- Kathy doesn't say things like that. No. Um, 
But she does say manipulative things. Anyway, no, I think <laughs> it's it's just it's just interesting. It's just yeah. interesting because it's it's you know it's, I, it's two sides of the coin. I one hundred percent didn't expect this. This is fantastic. This is great. It's really yeah. really good. Um, let's talk about the movie. Let's do it. Pause for a break. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I am not always on time. Please don't expect that from me. I will be late, but if you can just wait, I will make it eventually. Not like it's in my control. Not like I'm proud of the fact. But anything other than being exactly on time, I can do. I don't know why people run. I don't know why things fall through. I don't know how anybody survives in this life without someone like you. I could protect and preserve. I could say no and goodbye. But why
So, uh, a lot of opinions about the movie. Yeah. Um, glad it exists. Yes. Think it was reasonably well made, to be honest. Yeah. Um, great casting. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, Anna Kendrick and Jeremy Jordan knock it out of the park. Absolutely. The first time you see Jeremy Jordan is in his boxer shorts. Mm. And... I mean, that's, a, me, that's enough know, for the movie. I'm a big pig, but I'm gay. Yeah, we, I was sold in that one moment. Uh, he's very sexy in that song. Yes. He and wins, in general. He wins you over. Um, yeah. Uh, but I think it, what the movie does uh-huh. highlights a lot of the problems with the show. It fundamentally changes the story because they're yeah. both in every scene, um, which on a surface level is just kind of confusing. Yeah, and looks so weird. Yeah, and they don't do a good job of telegraphing the time travely bit of it all. Um, yeah, I read a, an article with an interview from the director, um, Richard Legravenese. Don't know if that's the correct pronunciation. Sorry, Italy. Um, where he was talking about this, and apparently they did a lot of um, audience feedback about that, where mm-hmm. as soon as it ended, he would like run up on the stage and be like do you need signposts yeah. and the audience were pretty much like no don't spoon feed us right um and they were like but did you know what was happening they were like well no not at first but we got there yeah and i, I do and I think that's the thing it kind of recasts it as opposed to being two oppositely linear stories more yeah. of a like conglomeration of non-linear anecdotes it becomes less important like one like Jeremy Jordan's story is generally traveling forward and Anna Kendrick's story is generally traveling backwards, but we jump around in interesting ways. And Mm -hmm. you don't quite, it doesn't matter, you know, specifically, like whether this was this far back or this far back or that far back or which party it is. Yeah. You know? I would, I would agree with that, actually. I think particularly for the later years. Yes. Because they That's don't a post wedding, it gets very right. And if if you don't know the m- musical, the non movie musical per se, it gets a little more difficult to tell whether this is a Jamie moment or a Kathy moment. You know, exactly. Yeah. Um. Other than the fact that the other person is just sat there looking bleak at the whole, right. thing. like this is the thing that I just didn't get. As I was like, yeah, or this like... is why when you're directing the show, yeah. you never direct it with two people on stage because you never have a conversation where it's like I'm talking and I'm monologuing right. and you are smiling sometimes. Maybe go, and ah, like, uh, maybe huh. like in between lyrics, like uh huh. I don't really it, get what you you're. I mean? Why does this have yeah. to be? Yeah. What do you <laughs> like? Oh, it's yeah. just. It's so bad because it's not natural. It's really still at all. Yeah. Um, now, could they have ever filmed it another way? Probably I don't not. think so. Yeah. Um, but it, what that just does is it highlights a fundamental issue right. with the material. Yes. But on the stage, you get away with it because you can get away with yeah. stuff on stage. Um, so maybe that means you know I do. It didn't make sense in terms on of the, film, but... on the slew of like stage to film adaptations of musicals. Yeah. I st- I would still rank this one very high. I um, 100% I would agree to be honest, yeah. It it captures the, you know, the feeling and the essence of the stage musical while capitalizing on some of the movie tools you get that you don't get on stage, but so not it's... overly relying on them and not totally rewriting the story to yep. fit into a movie. Yep. Um yeah, and I think they do well like speaking of rewrites. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you got it about like the little updates that they make right. to bring it into you some know, 2014. Of, some of them are pretty necessary. I, I laughed this morning. Do you know about, so I saw your book at a Borders in Kentucky. Do you know uh-huh. the store Borders Books and Music? Yeah, we had Borders. Yeah. Do you have them anymore? No. Right. <laughs> Liquidation, mate. That's so funny. Yeah. And so they change it to Target, which I totally wasn't expecting and like yeah. wasn't intended to be a laugh line, but I, you know, missed the next 10 seconds. Exactly. It was so hilariously funny. It's cute. And I think that's fair. That's the thing is like a lot of younger, you know, they're, right. they're kind of appealing to that type right. of generation well, who might not have found it. I mean, I wonder if that speaks to a bigger question I have about this musical because I do, yeah. this musical sits in one of those, in a, in a contemporary musical theater pocket of yeah. hyper contemporary references. That sometimes exactly. bother me. And those yes. are the things they change. The other one I wrote down here, um, these are the people that cast Russell Crowe in a musical, which is a much better joke than Linda Blair as well. Oh, my God. Um, absolutely. Because the thing like, is, it's a, Linda Blair, when she went into Greece, was actually right, okay. Right. Russell Crowe, when he was in the movie of Les Mis, was not. Um, like, this is... <laughs> oh, my God. Wait. I spoke to someone recently yes. who loved Russell Crowe. And they were like, yeah, I thought he was just amazing. Uh, that, and I was like... Did oh, you God, immediately unfriend them well that's the thing i was like actually i fundamentally will never get along with you now if you um what's the uh, at the beginning of one day more it is very easy to use all of the actors names and slot them into the parts uh they're singing russell crow russell crow russell crow russell crow russell crow and then when and then helen bottom carter helen bottom carter helen it's lots of fun Hugh Jackman. (laughs) right yeah that's how I sing the song yeah, from now Yeah, okay, on. I'm into that. That's anyway, fun. contemporary updates in musical theater, or like handful after handful of Doritos, which I particularly yeah. enjoy, um, but is the sort of thing that will date a musical very quickly. Um, For sure. Cell phone thing, usage, these... email usage. Yeah, I feel, I'm sure we've talked about this before. I can't remember which one it was in. Yeah. I feel like it must have been a contempt. Yeah. Um, but that's the, is when you're doing... It's, it's like, for example, in Edges. Right. Um. The Facebook song, yes, is the most outdated number in all of musical theater now. Yeah, you know, what I mean, like it Oklahoma, so feel, Oklahoma feels more current than the Facebook song, right? And so, what I wonder, like, is this? I feel like this is a a publishing thing that authors should start doing. Um, yeah, I've man. seen it in other places where, like, you know, if you do a show like Spamalot, um, yeah. there are a couple director's notes or, you know, stage directions that allow you some changing of some references. Totally. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like shows playing down it. the street or shows even... Um, oh, I can't think of them now, but there there are a bunch of musicals where it's well, like... Well, Avenue Q, for example. Yeah. Um, for Only for Now. Right. They'll, change, they'll let you update it yeah. um, and, like, give you notes that way. Um, yeah. Because that's important. Because it was funny then, and if you don't update it... It doesn't become funny anymore. Yeah. Um, but it's important, like, when you, I think, when you prep your manuscript to, like, send off to MTI or whoever, it mm. would. it is really important that you highlight these lines and explicitly allow these changes, because otherwise so. your show is going to be immediately dated, especially if your show exists, you know, anytime 1990 or yeah. later. Um, because then it, it isn't quite a period piece yet. Exactly. Well, I would say anything post-2000. Yeah, for sure. Not, it's not a period piece at all. Mm-hmm. And the things that you're talking about are still completely relevant. Right. Um, without it, 
being set in a in a particular time but what you do is by mentioning these things you're setting it in a particular time right and then time you know? that will go over your future audience's heads totally. if you want the show to have a life beyond here yeah which you know yeah. last five years will live and thrive forever and ever in amateur productions yeah. but like what happens when we don't have doritos anymore exactly you say handful after handful of tostitos Ooh, is that a rhyme That's... line yeah. Nope. Doritos doesn't rhyme with anything. Well, there you go. Tostitos is perfect. Is Tostitos pi- pizza rolls? Yeah. I'm I'm really sad that in all my times in the states, I've never had a pizza roll. You're not missing much. Are you sure though? Well, I mean, I had a bunch of Scottish candy that one time, so maybe you're missing some things. But like on on the spectrum of good American food, Tostitos are pretty low. Really? Yeah. It's quite sad, actually. I thought they'd be the best thing that I've just never had. <laughs> Since you can microwave bread. them. Yeah, you can microwave most American foods. We're big on our microwaves. Do you have microwaves? <laughs> yeah. You guys don't have kettles, though. I still can't go. We have that. a anyway. kettle. We have a kettle. It takes forever because our electricity is lower voltage. But we have an electric right. kettle that will boil Good. for coffee. We don't drink tea. Thank you. We poured it all in the harbor. Thank you so much for that. Uh, yeah, you did. There's no, you, There's no going back. Like, don't mention the tea. Um, before we move away from the movie, though, uh-huh. I want to talk about something that uh, almost offends me. Okay. That's it. Uh-huh. Um, and that is in the number called Nobody Needs to Know. Uh-huh. So here's the thing about uh, relationships infidelity etc um now if you haven't seen the movie spoiler alert uh in nobody needs to know he jamie it's a jamie song mm-hmm. um well in fact if you this from the stage show uh it's jamie waking up with elise his secretary um and you realize that they've been having a relationship whilst he is still with kathy he mm-hmm. has been unfaithful with elites um at the end of the musical jamie and elise are still together uh you don't know what happens next you don't you know he's not like i'm marrying elise elise is the one for me right um but he does kind of say that in uh nobody needs to know Mm -hmm. um in the movie you have this what I just call, I don't know, a cinematic jerk-off moment where it's like uh, Jamie sitting still, looking forward with all these women kind of speedily, you know, uh, to become one Spice Girls video style, <laughs> run and like drape themselves on him in like sexual position-y stuff. Um, and, you know, in- just including different characters you've seen throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um, implying that he has been this mad shagger. Um, and this is where I have a really big problem because in that moment, yeah. Jamie is undoubtedly a dick. Yes. Jamie is undoubtedly the baddie. Yes. Jamie is undoubtedly, you can't, he kind of doesn't have a leg to stand on. If he's just this mad shagger. Right. Being like, that's all I really care about is yeah. just having the sex. Um, then yeah, fair. He's a, he's a total ass and Kathy deserves much better. Mm-hmm. Um, Whereas in the musical, he has gotten to a stage where his relationship is so difficult 
and he has fallen for Elise. He has fallen out of love with Kathy, and he has since fallen in love with Elise, and they are starting a relationship. Mm-hmm. Whilst obviously he's still married to Kathy, mm-hmm. um, but that is completely different right. to being a mad shagger. Yes. Um, and why Jason Robert Brown gave that a seal of approval, I'll never know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's and that that actual moment kind of made me just not like the film a little bit because it was like, well, it's a different story now. Right. You've picked a side, and it's just not it's not right it's it's changing it's changing the story fundamentally yeah um that's that's my thoughts about it i'm very passionate about it because i think there is i can i can understand jamie mm-hmm. if he just has a lease right if it's just i one can't understand jamie moment. if he's a mad jagger yeah yeah I must have looked down at my notes during that moment because I don't remember that at all. <laughs> yeah. I was just, I was like, my jaw just like, it was one of those like, you know when um, the mummy? Yes. You know the guys, the big mummies with the big mouths? Yeah, that launched like the spiders out of their mouths or whatever they are, yeah. the beetles or yeah. something. Yeah. That's I what was you one of like. them in that moment. Yeah. I was just really upset. I was just really upset by it because it's it's also making a statement. Mm-hmm. It's awfully, by, by it's awfully sexist and chauvinistic that like, that's you know it not not that it like paints it in the biggest of lights but it there's still some endorsement and condoning of it by demonstrating the promiscuous male in the relationship you know Mm -hmm. like that like you can still get out of this and be fine in a couple months um that that's 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 an expected thing. I'm having emotional struggles. I think this speaks to why I struggle with Jamie's character in general, even if it's yeah. just a one, even if if it's just with Elise. Um, and on the fence, like you're starting a relationship, and then it is hard to end your current relationship while you're being drawn into this relationship you're starting for sure. Um, yeah. But that there is this kind of stereotypical expectation that like men are men. Um, yeah, I, I, the sad thing is, I don't, can't, I don't, I don't think it comes from that. I think it comes yeah. from humans are humans, um, mm-hmm. and we make connections, and connections fade. Right. Like, I don't know about you, but I have been in relationships that I have been in for far too long, uh-huh. um, and their time was fully up. Right. Um, and all I was doing was making myself unhappy by shutting myself off to making connections with other people. Yeah. Um, because for one reason or another, it wasn't right to break up at that time. Right. Um. Yeah. I think I think the thing I struggle with is the parts of Jamie and Kathy's relationship that we see failing are their kind of like socio-emotional parts, right? Jamie wants yeah. Kathy to come to the party so that they can because they're in love and because they're dating and be, or married or wherever they are at that point. Um mm-hmm. and they spend time with each other because that's what people in relationships do. And that's yeah. the problem that Jamie has. He's not getting that. And then the fulfillment we see isn't like Jamie having a good time socially with a girl; it's them having sex, you know. And there's yeah, a, but that's the, but and the there's thing... an assumption that other things are going on behind the scenes. But like, are we assuming that because of this, Jamie and Kathy aren't having sex? I mean, maybe, probably, but then like, show us that. 
but how do you how do you show that in a one-hander do you know right. I mean, in a monologue right like, exactly <laughs> like that's a, a, certainly a problem with the structure you know um, but i think what i what i would say is see i'm smiling completely hints towards that they have not had any sort of physical connection right because what she's saying is yeah um we're laughing yeah. everything's fine right that's just, you know what i mean yeah. that's her shining light yeah but like oh it's okay because we're smiling together yeah. but then he has to go with to be with other people presumably elise um yeah, yeah probably know. is elise and but that's that's the thing now the the birthday thing is asshole, like very asshole and again keeps it balanced right absolutely um the birthday thing like you know you could stay with your wife on her birthday i think that's fair right um but what again i'm getting very personal i don't know if i should (laughs) but like i've you know i've been i've been i've like i said i've been at the end of that relationship Mm -hmm. where it's awful and all you feel is misery like i like okay very personal okay but i whilst i was breaking up with uh, one of my boyfriends that I've had in the past of a long-term relationship. Um, he he just didn't accept it, mm-hmm. um, and I I had moved on. Like I I wasn't in love with him anymore, um, and he, I mean, yeah, in so many words, it was like, no, I can't accept this. Uh, I still love you. We can work this out. And in my head, I, I was like, I, I just, I just don't think we can. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wouldn't get it. And it was a long distance relationship and he was staying at mine. So he couldn't leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously we weren't just going to block each other out and not speak to each other. So we were just hanging out right. and, you know, having good times and laughing and stuff. And he was like, look, we're laughing. Everything's like, yeah. why can't we just have this? And I'm like, it's, it's not about that. Like, right, it's absolutely, different. we can laugh. Yeah, but it—that isn't the patch right. that it needs. Right. Do you know what I mean? It's so much deeper than that, and it's—it's—we've gone so far. Yeah. And so when I have a song like "See I'm Smiling," my heart breaks. Yeah. Because I—I I, I get it. Yeah. I mean, I totally get it. Yeah. But the other side is still there. Right. Um. Yeah. And. Yeah, I don't. I think that may be why. I don't, maybe this is why. Yeah, I get Jamie a little bit more, um, and can see that it was just a relationship that was never going to work, mm-hmm. um, because she couldn't see how much the cracks had opened. Just to borrow lines from the show, um, he had kind of tried as hard as he could, but uh-huh. it just wasn't working. Yeah, I I get that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I see that. I do. I think the the thing it speaks to me very much is like because I'm totally conflicted too. I'm maybe on Kathy's side, but only just a bit. But yeah. that like how you know in the human experience in you know this context of the quote unquote breakup, which is like a pretty common human experience on yeah. on the greater scale, but yeah. that it is still so nuanced and conflicted and emotional and like no one wins no one wins this show no one wins this breakup they're both worse off than they were um you know and it makes it like 
heart-wrenching and sad. And then, like, you start questioning, like, but no one, you know, it's just a bullshitty human thing. Like, mm. no one was physically hurt d- during this. No one, you know, has any lasting physical or emotional or, or, or sorry, physical or monetary or personal scars. But there's huge yeah. emotional scars. Yeah, um, definitely. On both sides. And how yeah. that develops slowly and surreptitiously and like you know just riding underneath all this guise of happiness yeah um, you know it's it's a super depressing show from that lens i i 100 would say it is and it, you know you can't you can't leave being like ah oh, yes right because there isn't i don't think there is joy in it no at all yeah even if you think oh you even, know kathy will be okay right She's much better off without him. Absolutely. That is 100% probably the case. And vice versa. They're not meant to be together. Right. But you do get the sense of, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? This I outpouring do, of, ugh. I think, and I wonder if this is a philosophical difference, but I, the, the concept I think I struggle with is the, like, they were or weren't meant to be together. That, like, that is a thing. From yeah. from my perspective, I think a relationship exists in the moments and in the specific parts. And certainly you may be specifically predisposed to have a more successful or less successful relationship based on uh-huh. a whole slew of factors. You know, yeah. personal interests and commonalities and, you know, rapport and things like that. Yeah. But, like, the relationship doesn't exist in stasis. Relationships uh-huh. exist in moments of interaction, in moments of being together, um, in those songs, in those reactions to each other. Um, yeah. And if if you accept that as a truth, which I think there are arguments against it, but, like, if you just, you know, move past that, um, it is then, I think, difficult to make an argument that, like, oh, they're doomed from the start, Beyond yeah. the structure of the musical, beyond the, yeah. well, of course, because that ends with the breakup letter. Yeah. But, like, uh-huh. you know, they'll never work out, I think, as a... Having seen plenty of relationships where my initial reaction was they'll never work out, and then 15 years later they're married. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know. It's something that affects my view of this show, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I... Do I think that they're doomed from the start? No. But I do think things happen mm-hmm. that drive huge cleaves in between them. Yeah. Do you, you do know? you do you think I guess then this is the question. Are there moments in the show where either of them made the wrong choice if the end goal is to stay together? Do I think there could have been like a turning point? Do, do you mean? think do you think there were points where either Kathy or Jamie could have done a thing that would have more positively affected their relationship. Like if Kathy was like, fine, I'll go to the party. Yeah, or... I, that's, I generally think that's a big one. Right. Like um, it, 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 it would work for a point. It maybe would have added, you know, a sixth year. Right. Uh, yeah. The, last the relationship. Years. Yeah. But I think at its heart is this creative jealousy thing. Yeah. Um, what we, what we never do see is the moments where, you know, Jamie's career actually starts to go down a little bit. Right. Um, because he is just on this upsell, upswell. Yeah. That's just riding and riding and riding. Yeah. Um, as we see Kathy kind of go the opposite way. Right. Um, we never see that other moment where it's like, Kathy's on and up. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, you have that moment in Shmuel's song where it's like, where he's basically saying how much he believes in her and wants her to do well and thinks she can do well. And that does give you that kind of like hope moment. And then she ends up in Ohio. Right. Um, and it's, it's just a really, it's a really tricky one. Yeah. Um, because I think as well with Kathy, you never really know what she wants. Yeah. You know? Right. She never says, I want to be a Broadway superstar. You you know what she doesn't want. I will not be the girl, you know, back at home in the burbs with the baby, the garden of herbs. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, she she wants that big city moment. Yeah. But you don't know, like... Is she happy with Ohio? You know, I yeah. mean, or what? What is this bigger thing that she wants? It is. Is that a fundamental thing? It is. With you her know, as I'm, an actress, I'm getting more you know? on board with your professional or um, uh, artistic jealousy theory because yeah, he has the line, "I will not fail," she so you can be comfortable, and yes. she has the line about like, "I'm not going to be a trophy wife," and those are both in like those are both in congruence with each other. They agree Absolutely. on that, right? Absolutely. Um, but then he just happens to be more talented in the thing he's doing or have more luck or whatever than exactly. she does. Um, yeah. And that's the thing is I think if he asked her that question and she could reply, and if she was being fully honest, she would say, yeah, do you know what? I want you to fail because right. this is unfair. Right. And that is totally fair. That is a, of, that's the most human reaction that you can have. Yeah. Um, you don't want, you know what I mean? That isn't what you want, but that would make you feel better. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can, it's the all these things with creativity in the industry right. that you just can't explain. Right. Yeah. Well, because there's, no, there's no reason to it. It's so much luck and, you know, yeah, subjectivity and things. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, but then it feels unfair when you both, like, Jamie doesn't put in any work to get his success. Other than writing his stories. Writing the story. Yeah, exactly. And, and she puts really in three or four songs worth of work. I'm climbing a yeah. hill, you know, all these things. Um, yeah. And gets very little out of it. And that's frustrating. It is so frustrating, so frustrating when your work is incongruent with your results. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm. this is it. Like, I'm not saying, oh, Kathy, come on, buck up your ideas. I get it. Mm. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't cope. Yeah. And... I think the best solution for them yeah. is for her not to date a creative. Yeah. Do you think people should only date people as successful as them? But it's not success. It's 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 your industry. Yeah. Ab- absolutely. You need to be an extremely strong actor, uh, a strong person who is an actor if you want to date another actor, because you will always have mm. those moments where one person is doing better than the other. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if it works in other industries, you know, like someone maybe climbs the career ladder faster right. than it's the hard, other it's one. It's hard to speak like to areas we're not a part of. Yeah, but there's nothing, there's nothing in acting where you, there's no linear, there isn't a ladder. Right. Yeah, it's luck. Do you know what I mean? So it's all luck. Um, And so it would take a very, very strong person, I think, to mm-hmm. hold a relationship with another actor. Um. So, no, I'm not saying it's a success thing. I think you can both be successful and you can both be appreciative of each other mm. because one man's success is another man's... I mean, I don't give a shit. Right. Like... Yeah. Uh, but it's... I would never... Like, I would never date another director. Yeah. 
I could I physically couldn't I can barely be friends with other directors like <laughs> I find it I find it so hard yeah I find it really really hard that's and that's that's my issue right that's, that's 100% my thing that I need to go over but I find it so hard that's fascinating yeah I mean I what do you think I think I agree um yeah you know I'm I have been maybe in a in a lesser extent but I have been of the opinion that like everyone specifically everyone in either theater or, edu- or education or both should mm-hmm. have friends or compatriots both inside and outside their industries um, yeah like it's important to have people who don't understand what you do who are yeah. a, a oh, part of your life you know so much because it lets you bounce things off because it lets you get like an outside opinion because it yeah. lets you vent to someone who is not going to try to provide you a solution um, exactly and that is so important especially in a relationship right yeah um and like you know maybe like if we're hypothesizing here but maybe that's jamie and kathy's downfall is jamie is like here here's a headshot guy in a new backstage i'm gonna help you i'm gonna do what i can to help you which of course yeah. is the relationship thing to do but it's also not terribly helpful um you know no, because in an it, industry of luck fix it right yeah, he can't do anything yeah um yeah it's really it's really really tough yeah jimmy and tommy solve relationship issues <laughs> we do it all mate <laughs> we do it all do you, do you, what, ask judy or whatever the column was send us send us your questions <laughs> yeah God. we'll give you poor life advice in return we build a tree house i keep it from shaking little more glue time that it breaks perfectly balanced and then I start making conscious deliberate mistakes all that I ask for is one little corner back of my heart Tell her I found one She sends out battalions to claim it and blow it apart I grip and she grips and faster we're sliding sliding and spilling Bed kid, take me inside you. I promise I won't lie to you.
Jimmy, you've written here in our notes document, jarring music, hummable melodies, and memorable songs, a rant by Jimmy Mitchell. Yeah. What do you mean by that? It's not clear from the title. I'll I'll, Um, I'll buckle up. Yeah. So, it's not going to be a huge rant. Uh Uh-huh. But, like, 90% of the reviews, particularly of the movie, Mm -hmm. um, that I read were saying, like, the song was pretty crap. Uh... You know, I left, I couldn't remember any of them. Uh, right, right. I'm sick of this. I'm yeah. sick to death of this. Um, we talked about it in Merrily, very briefly. We didn't hit home. I didn't rant. I'm ready to rant. Um, what movie that isn't a musical do you leave from where you're quoting paragraphs of dialogue? Right. Which which one is that, sorry? Oh, wait, none of them, because that's not the done thing. Why, where did it ever become the thing where you have to leave a musical singing the songs? Uh-huh. What, 1950? Yeah. Oh, great. Oh, look, we're 60 years, you know, <laughs> 60, almost 70 years. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Jimmy Ahead does math, the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, what What the hell? Why is... And also, these reviewers went reviewing things in the 1950s. Why are they saying this? Right. Well, like, please understand the art form. Yeah. Please respect the art form mm-hmm. because you would respect theatre in that way. You right. know, if we had a theatre-to-film adaptation, you wouldn't be saying, ah, oh, you know, the monologues weren't memorable. Like, you would not say that. You would yeah. be saying, oh, it affected me emotionally. Yeah. But what you get for this is, yeah, do you know what? Like, the story was actually pretty good. But as a musical, meh. Yeah. What? Are you are you kidding? You don't understand anything. It is um, I I definitely saw in a lot of reviews of the movie that like this this poked the edges of people who understand musical theater. Like people came to see this movie who hadn't seen a musical before. And yeah. you know, the audience member who's surprised that they're singing. Um yeah. the same way you have in something like Les Mis or Sweeney Todd. Um yeah. d- I do think that begs the question of does this story have to be a musical? Absolutely. But actually, I would 100% say it does because look at the conversation that we've had. Right. If this was a play, we, I don't think we would have been as stimulated. Yeah. And if it was just a series of monologues, there wouldn't be as much of a resale value. I agree. I think it makes it more interesting. Yeah, totally. And that's why, that's one of the reasons why I love the musical theatre art form. Yeah. You know, sometimes more than plays because... You do connect with it in a different way because the music taps into this part of your soul mm-hmm. and you hear it differently yeah. than you would if it was just someone speaking it. Yeah. Um, sure, okay, you might not leave the bloody theatre after one watching singing it all. Uh-huh. Absolutely. But that isn't the point. The point is, as with any good book, as with any good playtext, you go back to it and you listen and you're like, ah, great. Things do not need a ha ma 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 melody uh-huh they well, really really don't i also, like like i hum these songs to myself all the time well exactly i'm sorry they're catchy as hell yeah. like sure they don't have a hook sure they don't have a you know verse chorus verse chorus bridge right. chorus like uh 
fine. Thank right. God they don't have that because that would be generic and boring. Yeah. Now, the thing is, right, I'm not saying all musicals therefore need to be narrative and discourse, you know, um, discordant and things like that. No, uh-huh. absolutely not. There's a great time and a place for a bop. Mm-hmm. I love a bop. Yeah. But I'm not saying you can only have one or the other. Right. One is much better than the other. No, the proof is in the pudding. The pudding is in the content. The content is in the refrigerator. The refrigerator <laughs> is in the kitchen. Um, yes. <laughs> and that's just my two cents. I hate, I hate that yeah. opinion. It's... It pisses me off. And this is why we'll never get respect. Yes. Because this is... people are saying, this isn't good because X. And people because are like, of the oh, that last five years one. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. Because... Yeah. Uh, there's not, there's no, there's no good songs in it. Right. What? This is why I will never be a critic, despite how much time I spend critiquing these, <laughs> the things I love, but yeah. like that I despise that label. Um, yeah. Is because the the explicit purpose of a critic is to like tell you whether you should go see the thing, right? Yep. Um, but somehow that has ballooned into like they're supposed to be the expert they're supposed to be the person who like knows enough to tell you why you might or might not enjoy it or you know why it is well structured or not structured but somehow the job of critic has instead ballooned into this weird bizarre like uninformed commentary place yep um i hate it i hate it so much and i read reviews all the time and hate myself when it happens um no but but it's just so unnecessary it's the only way into a show yeah, and I will read reviews, and those moments where they say X is really bad, I hate those moments. I'm just yeah. like, I don't, I actually don't care about what's bad. Can you tell me what's good? Why should I see it? Right. Don't tell me why I shouldn't see it, please. Yeah, I would like to make that decision. Right. For myself. Yeah. Um, it's really frustrating. Yeah. It's really frustrating, and it is a hundred percent affecting people's perception mm-hmm. of our art form. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because that I would say is the main beef. People don't like musicals. Legit actors, for examples don't like musicals because they're just camp and unnecessary right uh i'm sorry you know we've just spoken for an hour about one Mm. like stop it yeah (laughs) i'm good at rats that was stupid (laughs) but like uh it just it it just pisses it really pisses me off and it was just because it was review after review after review and i'm like i'm sorry this is some of the most interesting and intricate music that we've actually ever had right yeah, I mean, Jason Robert Brown does things that other people just don't. Right. And like, have you done your research before you've seen this movie? Probably not. And I know you're not expecting your audience to do their research before this movie beyond your review. Right. But that's why you should be doing the research. You're writing exactly. the review. You're the shortcut for everyone else. You're not allowed yep. to take the shortcut. Yep. So why not just say instead of, music crap, didn't remember anything once I left. Why not say, the music sometimes at the start you can't actually quite tap into what it's really about but when you go home and listen to it on any of the free streaming devices that you can right um you'll find that there's actually a lot more depth yeah. in there and that's really cool because it's got re-listenable right. like yeah. come on right. or better come yet on, i'm not a music reviewer so don't feel qualified to talk about the music here let's talk about the story you know yeah, yeah. pisses me off <laughs> take that movie critics yeah and some musical theater critics as well though a lot of musical theater critics i think also they don't matter anymore so you know Uh, wait why not because everyone's gonna go see frozen oh i see 
<laughs> yeah, well, they have to review something. Yeah, that's true. Otherwise, they're out of a job. Well, newspapers are good. It's a whole dying industry on, like, 16 yeah, different exactly. fronts. the last five years jimmy that took about five years it did yeah do you think the podcast will sound the same or different if you listen to it backwards um actually what you'll find Uh is if you listen to it backwards you get a secret recipe um, for a nice sweet potato pie i am excited to make that sweet potato pie (laughs) yeah i got a quiz question Uh, for you you ready i'm so i'm stoked okay Every actor who opened as the leading role from our next musical has won the Tony Award for Best Acting, even when the role was not actually in the musical. What could that even mean? Uh, It's so confusing. Yes. Um, Hey, if you would like to get in touch with us, please do. Um, Come find me on Twitter at AsInHendrix or on YouTube at the same handle. And I'm Musical Mash on Twitter and Musical Theatre Mash on YouTube. Or our show Twitter is Jim and Tomic. Or our website is JimandTomic.com, which has a link to the Reddit discussion. 
Yes, where you can chat up Storm and tell us who do you side with? Do you Ooh. side with Kathy? Do you side with Tim? Are you in the middle? Do you want to overshare about your personal relationships? Come and do it. Why the hell not? <laughs> um, everyone's doing it these days. Um, and hey, tell your friends all about this podcast. Last five years, a popular one. Maybe yeah. they really love that show. Maybe you're like, hey, I know these two guys that talk about this. Have you should listen. listen to them talk about it. <laughs> yes, you can. And we shall see you next week. Toodaloo. Toddaloo. Remember that one? <laughs> Throwback. <laughs> Bye. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists. What they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.